Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Talking Sports with Evan. I am Evan Wotalis, and thank you all for tuning in or listening to today's show. Wish I had more exciting and happy things to talk about here today, but unfortunately, the show focus is going to be on the two and three Green Bay Packers, who, let's face it, have not looked good pretty much since the third quarter of the Atlanta Falcon game with a fourth quarter mixed in there against the Saints. But overall, since the fourth quarter of that Atlanta Falcon game outside of the Saints game in the fourth, the Packers have not looked good in pretty much any facets of the game. And going to really focus on things that I have observed through five weeks and just kind of my general consensus right now. Also, Milwaukee Brewers are done. Um, they were eliminated during my show last week with Justin Garcia of the Bucks Radio Network. They were pretty much eliminated while I was on the air with him, talking about a wide range of things, including the Brewers, the Bucks, and AEW, and the Packers, and whatnot. So, going to talk some Milwaukee Brewers and what 2024 can look like, and my thoughts moving forward of this Milwaukee Brewer team, and what... I would like to see happen um, potentially moving forward. So those are going to be the main two focuses for tonight's show. And I'm going to start off with the Green Bay Packers. The Packers fell to the Las Vegas Raiders, which is still strange to say out loud, 17 to 13. And it's a game, if you're a Packer or a Raider fan, it was ugly all the way around. It was just an ugly game. Jordan Love probably played his worst game um, thus far in his young career. The wide receivers played collectively the worst game they've ever played before in their young careers. Um, defensively, yeah, the defense was better, and they played seemed to be more physical, but... They, they couldn't get off the field when it mattered most. And we go to the Raiders. Garoppolo, pretty efficient, but overall not that great of day for him. Josh Jacobs still not getting it going with 69 yards on 20 carries. He did have a touchdown, though. Um, Packers held Adams pretty much in check for the most part, except for the crucial touchdown drive when they had, of all people, Preston Smith on him. Jacoby Myers was the guy who really did the damage against the Packers, including having a touchdown on the um, early in the first half that put the the Raiders up seven three. Eventually, going up ten uh, ten to three, uh, ten yeah ten to three, going in the locker room. And defensively, Max Crosby just completely annihilated everything the Packers tried to do offensively. But outside of Max Crosby and Myers, for both teams, this was a pretty ugly game. And I don't think there is any other way to, to argue it. It was just ugly all around. And the Packers losing um, Quay Walker in the game with an injury doesn't look to be serious, thankfully. But that was a big loss. And he only ended up playing 17 snaps. And um, it does suck that he got hurt. And it's... He's one of their better def defensive players this season. According to Pro Football Focus, they have him rated number six as the Packer defender 
Packer, best Packer defender right now. He's number number six, and he's a very important piece to the defense because he's also a pretty good coverage linebacker as well. And he's doing a better job early on in that game of getting his nose in the hole and stopping the run. But ultimately, come after the bye, the Packers need Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell both in the middle of that in lineup to help make this defense a little bit better. That, that that's just all that's just all there is to it. That's what they need to make this defense a little bit better. Campbell's more of your up the middle stopper, where Walker is more helping out backside, chasing plays down, dropping back into coverage. Those are the things he does extremely well. When Campbell's not in the game, he gets asked to do a little bit too much, and I think we see his overall performance start to go down. First couple of games of the season, Campbell played, I mean, sorry, Walker played extremely well. One of the best defenders on the field, rated the best defender on the field, according to Pro Football Focus, both in week one and week two. But since Campbell got hurt in the first series against the Saints, his uh, production, because he's been being asked to do more, his numbers have gone down a little bit. So. I know I'm making excuses and I'm being a homer and I got my my Packer goggles on by saying that, but that's just the whole cold, hard reality. Walker's better when Campbell's on the field, and he is exactly where I wanted him, want him to be right now as a second-year player. He's getting better and better each time he takes the field, and it's it's a it's a growth and progression. Um middle linebackers don't usually come into the NFL and light the world on fire. They usually take some time before they really start to start to figure out the nuances of the NFL and proper angles, the things you could get away with in college, you can't get away with in the NFL. And we've seen that in Baltimore with Patrick Queen, too. His first two years in the league were pretty dreadful, um, according to Pro Football Focus and other pundits and Analyst. His first two years in the league, pretty, pretty um dreadful. But the last two years, he seemed to flip a switch and he seemed to figure it out. And uh Walker is going in the right direction, according to me. And I know he didn't have high marks against the the Raiders, but I'm not going to ding him. I'm not gonna criticize him on 17 plays. Well, he got dinged pretty hard on um two plays and coverage where typically he's one of the top coverage linebackers each and every week in the NFL. It's some of the other stuff that he needs to work on and he is working on it, but he played 17 snaps and gets hurt in the process. I'm not going to ding him too hard, but enough about that. I digress. I, uh, I digress there. Let's mainly focus on some of the issues I see with the Green Bay Packers right now. And I, I had some debate and uh, some conversations I was involved with and some debates on Twitter. And everybody wants to bring up Aaron Rodgers in 2008 compared to Jordan Love now. And the numbers, the yardage and the touchdowns and the record are pretty much identical. And that's what people want to point at. And I'm guilty of it, too, because I brought up Aaron Rodgers last year running with pretty much the same group of players Jordan Love is running with now. Well, not really the same group of players, but some of the same group, some of the same players that uh, Jordan Love is playing with now. The numbers are pretty similar through these first five games of the season. But what we got to stop doing, stop comparing Jordan Love to Aaron 
Rodgers. We got to stop doing it. Jordan Love is in a very tough situation right now. Back in 2008, I'm going to go pull the roster up. I, I didn't have it ready because I, I didn't really want to really go there. But back in 2008, when Jordan Love, I mean, sorry, when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre, a year removed from a NFC Championship game appearance that unfortunately Brett Favre pretty much threw away. Running back, Ryan Grant, rushed for 1,200 yards, had 18 catches. His wide receivers, Donald Driver and Greg Jennings. 33-year-old Donald Driver, 74 catches, over 1,000 yards. Greg Jennings, 25-year-old receiver, 80 catches, 1,200 yards, 9 touchdowns. Donald Lee at tight end, 5 touchdowns that year. Offensive line, Chad Clifton. Uh... Darren Coolidge, who, uh, you know, he's nothing, he was never anything overly special on the offensive line, but he was pretty solid for overall. Scott Wells is a pretty good center in his fourth, <coughs> in his fourth year in the league. Um, Jason Spitz, who another guy wasn't nearly anything special. And Mark Tauscher, eighth year in the league, playing the other tackle spot. Those were the Packers starters. Uh, big, those were their starters in 20, uh, 2008. Those are the starters. So you had an ascending, uh, ascending wide receiver, Greg Jennings. You had a veteran wide receiver and Donald Driver. You had a veteran running back in Ryan Grant, and you had a veteran tight end, and although he was nothing special, he was a veteran tight end in Donald Lee, and you had a pretty solid offensive line up front, too. Bookend tackles, Chad Clifton and Mark Tauscher. That was who Rodgers had in 2008. When we look at what Jordan Love currently has in... 2023 at his skilled position. And this is where I do have some issues with um, Brian Gutenkust and how the, um, how the roster is constructed. You have um, Christian Watson who missed the first few games of the season due to injury. Who's a second year receiver who ultimately did not play well at all all against the Raiders seemed very tentative going up for the football I don't know what it what the issues was you have second year wide receiver Romeo Dobbs who I think had one catch or maybe two catches the entire game against the Raiders and had a crucial drop on the drive that ultimately ended in an interception rookie wide receivers Malik Keith and Don Travian Wicks rookie wide receiver Jaden Reed First, second-year wide receiver, Samari Torre. You then have rookie tight end, Luke Musgrave. Rookie tight end, Tucker Kraft. You have your offensive line, Rashid Walker, who looked good this summer, but clearly is not quite ready for the left tackle position in the NFL. He had a good start, and now he's struggling a little bit. Alton Jenkins just came back from injury, but you had Royce Newman 
starting at that position. Josh Myers has been, he's no Scott Wells, and he's been extremely inconsistent uh, his entire career thus far, including this season. John Runyon, who is pretty dependable the past couple years, but this year he's not off to a good start. Zach Tom has been pretty consistent at right, right tackle, except he struggled a little bit against the, uh, the Raiders. And then you've had Aaron Jones injured pretty much since the Chicago Bear game. And you've been relying on A.J. Dillon, who's not been the same player than he wa- that he was. And he's struggling to get yards. And part of that is because the offensive line for Green Bay is not playing well. And we can blame Jordan Law that he's just not it. He sucks. He's not a good quarterback. The Packers made a mistake. Um, we, can, we can talk all about that as all, all we want. But I was watching a video on YouTube, the quarterback school, Jordan Love, week five analyst uh, analysis from a former quarterback in the NFL, um, career backup, but still really knows his stuff at the quarterback position, in my opinion. Um, JT, um, I believe Sullivan's his last name. want to make sure I got his... Um, last name correct but uh, he he was breaking it down and things that he saw and talking about the here and the whys and the what's and kind of talking about what's really going on right as he sees it in green bay and he's talking about jordan love not putting the ball where he wants it yet still trying to develop that deep ball and he's talking about the route concepts of green bay too the plays that are being drawn up and the plays that are being ran are not really helping Jordan Love either, as you're not really giving him much help with um, on third downs and things like that. And what I'm seeing, and again, I'm going to be an excuse maker here. The answer I'm sure people want to hear me say, and one uh, person in particular, is that Matt LaFleur sucks, Jordan Love sucks, Quay Walker sucks, Brian Gutenkus sucks. Mark Murphy sucks. I'm sure that's what some want to hear me say, but it's not that simple. It's not that simple to me. Matt LaFleur is not doing his young quarterback any favors. The person, Brian Gutenkust, did Matt, did Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur no favors in constructing the offense. Aaron Jones being out does this offense no favors. It doesn't do the offense any favors or your young quarterback any favors when you're asking him as a first-year starting quarterback, fourth year in the league or not, it's his first year getting live game reps consistently, and you have your head coach who's not really trusting the offense, and I think it has more to do with the skilled guys not running the correct routes and not being where they're supposed to be. And I think we saw that front and center in one of the early plays in the game when you had, I think it was Reed or Watson and Musgrave on top of one another in the exact same spot on the field. And that happened a lot against the Raiders, where you have two or three guys in the exact same area. Clearly, somebody, at least two people, possibly all three of the people, are running the wrong routes. That attention to detail on a passing game is extremely important. And if you run your route off just a little bit, that's going to screw the quarterback up and the offensive line up completely. 
Because in the NFL, it's about putting the ball where you're expecting the wide receiver to be. That's what we saw in Detroit when Romeo Dobbs broke off his route. Jordan Love wasn't expecting him to break off his route. He put the ball where he thought Romeo Dobbs should be, and instead it got intercepted. And yes, that does fall on Jordan Love too, but that's just a young quarterback and young receiver still learning and adjusting to the NFL. We all knew coming into the season, it was going to be a rough year at times. Week one made everything look easy, and we all got excited after week one. Hip, hip, hooray. After week one, it all looked easy, but it was the Bears, and it had more would be in the Bears than anything else. The first three quarters of that Saints game, on top of what we saw against the Bears, got everybody excited. Jordan loves the next big thing. Jordan loves the next great Packer quarterback after seeing what he did against the Bears and for three quarters against the Atlanta Falcons. And now things are more of a struggle. And I've heard this said, and I agree, if we flip the schedule around and the Packers started out um, as like played the Raiders week one, played the Bears week five, we'd be singing a different tune. I think the frustrating thing is it looks like the team is in a regression each and every week. And in a way they are. And I think a lot of it has to do with not having Aaron Jones, having all these young players who you're expecting to learn on the fly. And I would have been fine. I would have been happy with some veteran, a veteran wide receiver being brought in. We've had young quarterback um, come in, learn on the fly, play really well. Rookie quarterbacks do it all the time. But traditionally, they're in situations where they have some veterans in the wide receiver position who can help pick up the young quarterback and help cover off some of those mistakes. We've had young wide receivers come in and tear the world on fire, but typically they have a veteran wide, a veteran quarterback that can help them learn and develop and cover up some of their mistakes. The Packers are extremely young offensively. Their entire wide receiver room and tight end room are young. The last time we had a team with as young of a wide receiver room as the Packers currently have was the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. I'm not saying the Packers aren't going to win another game the rest of the year. I'm still thinking they can squeak out about eight wins this season if things start to fall right and people get healthy and we get through this growing pain that we're seeing offensively right now. But we kind of saw it last year, too, a little bit. And you saw, you know, as the young receivers especially. They're not running the routes to where they're supposed to be ran. Matt LaFleur is not doing his quarterback any favors by running uh, a route on third and 11 where everybody is going 20, 25 yards down the field and you got really nobody underneath. So it's a collective thing offensively where everybody needs to start playing better. The, you know, we talk, we, we, you know, we talk in the talking heads every, on every show, talk about complimentary football between the offense, defense, and special teams. The Packers need complimentary football on offense. They need the wide receivers running the routes, how they're supposed to be ran, going where they're supposed to go, and better understanding the nuances of 
the NFL wide receiver position, which happens with experience, but typically you have veterans that could potentially cover up the mistakes that the rookies make because, let's face it, the, the veteran is a security blanket. Let's just face it there. We need the quarterback to start placing the ball better places, especially in his deep ball, and basically have a better understanding in when to escape the pocket and when not to. We need the offensive line blocking better in the run game, opening up holes for A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. We need them pass blocking better, giving Aaron, uh, Jordan Love time to make reads down the field. And we need the coaching staff, Matt LaFleur in particular, because he's the play caller, calling plays that better fit what you currently have personnel-wise right now. Make it basic. Dumb it down. Run drags, one run crossing patterns, run slants. You know, enough of these, and we saw it with Mike McCarthy all the time, the just get open. They, these kids need specific instructions on what to do. You go 10 yards, you break in. You go 10 yards, you break out. They still need, you know, rookie and first-year wide receivers typically still need that hand-holding, and you need to make things easier for everybody with your play calling. And ultimately, the Packers need Aaron Jones back. I think Aaron Jones is the straw that stirs the drink for this Packer offense. And we've seen it through the uh, few games this year that he has been out thanks to his hamstring injury, which according to him was just a little tug and he didn't think he would miss any time. Said he missed the next two games, played a couple of snaps in the third game and didn't play it on the fourth game. And now here we are. Will he play out of the bye? But those are the things I need to see. The I need to see the offense play complementary football with one another. Receivers run your routes the best that you can possibly run them. Jordan Love, get back, get your footwork down. When your footwork's good, your ball's good. When your footwork is off, your ball's off. So get that footwork better. You already make some, some really good throws with your arm angles and being able to, you know, move your arm in different slots to get balls through tough, uh, tight areas. But you got to get your footwork more consistent. And offensive line, let's play better. Let's protect your quarterback better. Let's find holes for AJ Dillon, and let's get Jordan uh, Aaron Jones back in this offense and playing better. And I hope moving forward, what we saw from Christian Watson against the the Raiders was just a one-time thing because Christian Watson, to me, did not play like the Christian Watson. We saw scoring, what, six touchdowns in three games or four games, whatever that was. That wasn't the same guy. He wasn't attacking the football. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't going up for balls. He he was seemed tentative. And maybe it was his first game back uh, from missing time or second game back, I'm sorry, missing time with a hamstring, and maybe he'll play better against Denver now that he's gotten a couple games under his belt. We'll see. But that's what I need to see offensively from Green Bay. And defensively, I I, I don't even know where to go. They did 
better against the run. They they couldn't get off the field, though, when it mattered most. You had guys, again, guys not attacking the right gaps, guys not attacking the proper areas. And for the love of God, why is Preston Smith on Devontae Adams? And I, I get the Raiders schemed it perfectly for that. But they screamed it, they schemed it perfectly because you have it out on tape because it happened last year against the Vikings when Preston Smith resigned Jefferson for a play. The Raiders went big, put the tight ends and back out wide, and put Devontae in the slot, and instead of adjusting the coverage accordingly, like maybe putting Preston Smith on a tight end out wide instead, or on the running back out wide, you left him on Devontae Adams. So you were running a zone concept with Preston Smith protecting the outside and a young second-year or third-year Isaiah McDuffie middle linebacker having to protect the inside, and you have a Hall of Fame wide receiver running a route against them. It ended exactly what you would have thought, how you thought it would have ended. And it's frustrating watching. Like Preston Smith, you've been in the league for a very long time. If you come out, you look, and you see Devontae Adams, future Hall of Fame wide receiver, now my responsibility to cover in zone, I might want to call a timeout, or I might want to check it, check some check into something else, bump the, the corner inside, and you go outside or whatever. You might want to think about doing that. And again, the defense needs to play complementary football with itself as well. The pass rush needs to get home, which the pass rush is doing pretty good for the most part. They got to stop the run better, and you got to play better in coverage. And for the love of God, stop playing so far off the line of scrimmage, especially when it's goal to go at the four yard line or three, five yard line, wherever it was, six yard line. Why is the safety who's covering the slot guy lined up in the end zone? Now, he if he was able to jump the route perfectly, he breaks it up, and we're not talking about it. But he was flat-footed, was slow out of his break, slow to get to the ball, and by the time he had to make the tackle, which is, I think, about the two-yard line, it was too late, and the momentum carried the receiver into the end zone for the touchdown. Stop with the soft coverage, Joe Barry. As much as I hate the fact you're the defensive coordinator, you're the defensive coordinator. We need to stop with the soft coverage. We need to stop with the soft coverage. I'll say it one more time for the people on the back. Joe Barry, we need to stop, for the love of God, with the soft coverage, especially in first, second, and third and short situations. You're just giving up the first down. I know your your scheme on defense is you don't want to give up the big play. We're well, giving those up too, but you don't want to give up the big play. Hence, you have the shell. But you're you're giving up too much. It's third and third and eight, and you're playing twelve yards off. It's third and five. You're playing ten yards off. Play play more and got you. You have personnel on the defense that are better press coverage in in Alexander and Ro, in, uh, 
Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes when he comes back. And hopefully that gets Keyshawn Nixon off the defense a little bit more. He did great as a special teamer last year, but boy, does he give you a lot to be desired in, in the nickel corner spot. But we'll see it, what they do when uh, Eric Stokes is able to start playing again. But Joe, I'm telling you, one last time, stop with the soft coverage. And Matt, do something about it. You're the head coach. If you don't like what your defensive coordinator is doing, punch him in the mouth. Not Well, I guess you could do it literally, but not literally. But you're the head coach. You hired him. You hired him because he he's part of a defensive scheme that you like, and he gets in here, and he's not running the defensive scheme that you like. You got pissed off at Mike Patton consistently during your two years working with Mike Patton, or is it one year? Anyway, you got pissed off at Mike Patton for constantly playing such soft coverage all the time that you let him go. You hire Joe Barry, and he does the exact same thing. So, I'm still supporter of Matt LaFleur, but my patience is growing very thin with him, and I'm really getting soured with him right now as a head coach. And a lot of it has to do with his decision-making. Retaining Joe Barry, hiring Joe Barry was a mistake. Retaining Joe Barry after last season was a bigger mistake. He's not it. It's, he's not fit for the job. He doesn't he doesn't know how to use the personnel the Packers have, and it's going to end up making Matt LaFleur lose his job. And I've had this conversation with my buddy. He thinks the issues, especially on defense, is a Goody thing because Goody cannot draft whatsoever. I feel it's a personnel slash coaching issue is they got talent on the defense but the scheme and the per, the scheme and the guy running the trying to run the scheme don't doesn't fit what the personnel they have. I think if you found a prop, a better defensive coordinator to who could better utilize the talent that the Packers have on defense, things would go a lot smoother. But we're not going to see that with Joe Barry. Joe Barry needs to go yesterday. Matt LaFleur needs to start making some tough decisions and really do some soul searching during this bye week or the season's going to be even worse than what we've seen. And my expectation for this season has always been growth. Let's see improvement from week to week. Right now we're not seeing that. We still have a long season to go. I had this thrown in my face on uh, X, uh, Twitter, X, whatever. Yesterday, Mark Murphy said, we're, we're going to probably take about eight weeks to see what we have in Jordan Love, and through five weeks, it hasn't been good. Well, that's what Murphy said, but I'm guaranteeing you Murphy said that without anticipating after week one, you'd be without your left tackle for the rest of the season, without your left guard for a few weeks. Um, your offensive line's playing like complete garbage. You lose Aaron Jones in week one. I've always said, and I know I don't know as much, about, I, I know I know a lot less than almost everybody who watches football, and especially Murphy. Um, I've always said 
we need to give the season 17 weeks to really evaluate what the Packers are moving forward. 2023 was always going to be about 2024. Let's grow. Let's get experience. Let's work out these rookie mistakes, these uncertainties throughout 2023. So in 2024, we've grown together and we're ready to go. And I think I saw a best where somebody said they want Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs to be Jordan Love's Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. That's what they want those three to be, or even put Donald Driver in there. That's what they want those three to be for Jordan Love. What those three were for Aaron Rodgers, that's what they want them to be for Jordan Love. And they want them to all grow up together, but we're seeing a lot of growing pains. We're seeing wide receivers not getting open, wide receivers running wrong routes, wide receivers not doing their job. And to me, that falls on your wide receiver coach. To me, that falls on the head coach not not uh, holding his wide receiver coach accountable enough for the actions of his, what, what his receivers are doing on the field. You You hinted at it on some comments you made after the Monday night game. Well, guess what, coach? You're the head coach. You are the one that's making all that money. You're the one that's calling the shots. Start calling the shots. And if there's stuff you don't like, fix it. Enough excuses from the coaching st- about, uh, you know, everything that goes wrong seems to be the same stuff every week. Enough excuses. It's time to fix it. And uh, this free pass that you've been getting through five games, if things don't start looking better and improving, the free pass is going to be over. So I know I said I was going to talk some Milwaukee Brewers. I went more Packers than I thought I was going to, and I apologize for that. I'm going to dedicate an episode next week since there's no um, Packer game this weekend. I'm going to dedicate an episode next week to strictly Brewer talk, talking about free agents, arbitration guys, my thoughts on the manager position, everything like that. I'll, I'll talk about that next week. And if you need... Graphic design done. If you need a logo, if you need shirts or made or designs for shirts, the little thing going across the bottom of the screen, make sure to check them out. They're the ones that made the the logo that you see in the corner of the screen. He's the one that made the shirt that I'm wearing that I have on right now during my show and the shirts that I normally wear. If I'm not wearing Iron Jock, I'm normally wearing his stuff. So with that said, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I'll get back at you next week with Brewer Chat. This has been Talking Sports with Evan.